And what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another rousing edition of Before the Three Count. I'm your main man, your boy, Osiris, coming at you with the host with the most, the one, the only. Positive K. What your man got to do with me? I got a man. I told you I'm not trying to hear that, see? But I got a man. What your man got to do with me? But I got a podcast. Your podcast ain't me. <laughs> well, it kind of is, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I, I like the uh, old school shout outs, references. Got to show the OGs. No doubt, no doubt. Got to kick uh, in like a triple booster. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Did he have a joint besides that song? I mean, he must have. Like, he okay. probably put out a whole album, but... <laughs> All right. But yeah, other than that song, and I only had the single back in the day. Right, 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 right. Oh, man. Set, it was in the paper sleeve. <laughs> singles had, like, little hidden gems. I know on, like, a lot of those, like, Death Row um, singles, they would have, like, like the extended club remix for it, and it'd be like a eight minute song, but it would be like right. beat and like lyrics, and there was some like I said, some hidden gems on those when you could buy singles back in the day. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! Back in the day, man, some of those singles too, like aside from like a remix, they'd also have like just some other like random song. Yeah, like a B side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> which sometimes would be sometimes bad than the single. Yeah, right? <laughs> so crazy. Which, uh, yeah, I, I remember buying boatloads of singles. Oh, same, same. I actually just... Uh, and you get an instrumental. Yeah, yep. It would have the yeah. instrumental, too. Freestyles to, like, uh, that same song. Exactly, exactly. I just recently <laughs> introduced The Princess. Uh, and, and as I'm thinking about it, this might have been a few weeks ago now because um, it was right after the whole Oscars uh, controversy. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith's song, You Saw My Blinker. That's, the song, that's what the song's called? Yeah, yeah. Was this during him and Jazzy Jeff phase? Or? Yeah, him and Jazzy Jeff. It's on the Summertime album. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, the single, it's funny, because uh, I first heard the song, I, I want to say it was on, I bought the single for Summertime, and I think this song you saw my blinker was on the B-side. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's the, the foreshadowing to the Chris Rock incident. For real? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Will Smith's more aggressive, angry side. Okay. And, uh, he talks about, like, stomping out. And, well, he's... he's <laughs> So, so the song is about him getting in a car accident with this old lady. Okay. And uh, he's got this like one line. He's like, only thing stopping me from breaking her nose. I was 21. She was 90 years old. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got some <laughs> other lines in there that are kind of crazy. Like he says something about like his girlfriend, like taking his hat off his head and it flew out the window. And he's <laughs> like, do that again. I'm going to break your wrist. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Good song, nonetheless. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a classic. The 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 uh, what do you call it? The melody, the music, or whatever. Yeah, um, that is hot. Like, there's some saxophone playing. Like, the it, the, the music is hot. The the song okay. itself is all right, but uh, okay. I, I'm a uh, I don't know if I call myself a fan of it, but for lack of a better term, I'll call myself a fan because it's 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 young Will Smith. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, 
I got um, you. But he, he's using the B word. He's <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, like, so did it's they put so a, wild? Did he have a uh, parental sticker on that on that single on that CD? No, um, because it was uh, you know kind of like uh, PG thirteen movies. You can get a couple F words in there. Mm, I got you. And so on this, he just said the B word. Um, I don't think he had any other swears in there. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Wow, uh, I did not know that. Well, good to know. <laughs> yes, yep. But uh, uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> so wrestling this week. I know we uh, were discussing previous weeks uh, that we were going to cover uh, NWA uh, power uh, or. Yeah, just NWA in general. Did you get a chance to see any of their shows this past week? I unfortunately did not. Okay. Um, this has been a very busy week. Uh, right. I have uh, kept up a little bit with what's going on with NWA. Okay. Uh, I see that Matt Cardona, NWA champion, uh, he is going to be putting up his belt against Nick Aldis um, in a, some kind <coughs> of a match yet to be determined. But I think Matt Cardona is asking for it to be a hardcore death match. Um, and Nick is Aldis. he signed with NWA? I know he's been floating like different promotions for like the past year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's signed anywhere. He's right now. He's okay. like the NWA champ, the Impact Internet champ, the GCW something champ. Like, I feel right. like he's got a bunch of belts with a bunch of companies. Which, I, yeah. So I'm saying, like, has he has he tipped his dipped his toe into AEW as well? Uh, way back um, when he first became a free agent, he did a six-man tag match teaming with Cody and somebody. Okay. Um, but that was his only foray into AEW. Okay. And it's funny, I was actually telling people before he went there, uh, I'm like, wow, like, you guys are going to understand how big Zack Ryder is. Yep. And, like, people were like, oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Then he went there and everyone's like, oh, wow, like, he's so much bigger than everybody else. Which is funny because he was relatively, you know, not little, but he wasn't the giant, you know, biggest guy when he was with, you know, Vincent. No, no. And that's like, like, people don't understand just how big, like, some of those guys over there are. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, like, you see a Zack Ryder who doesn't look that big. Then he goes to AEW and he's taller and, like, bigger than everybody. Right. You're like, what? But, uh, I think yes, Buddy I'm, Murphy, he's another good example. Although Buddy Murphy is short, and I feel like okay. they're realizing now how short he is in AEW. Okay. <laughs> but you see how brawlic he looks, and it's like, wait, this guy was on 205 Live? Like, <laughs> which is, uh, surprising because I think, is that still going on? 205? No, it is not. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, they have no more cruiserweights. <laughs> no, no. They, uh, they, they uh, what do you call it? Blended or folded that belt with the NXT North American. Oh, okay. They had like a winner takes all match. Okay. And, uh, so now, yeah, it's just an NXT North American title. Okay. All right, but um, yeah, so I caught like an episode uh, of NWA, uh, and yes, yeah, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, it's that old school set design that the you know obviously trying to hit you know of uh, yesteryear. Yes, um, and it's a lot of guys that you know used to be in the WWF uh, or even uh, Impact. And like you were saying, Matt Cardona. They even got um, Harry Smith. Uh, okay, yeah. Doug Williams. They, no. they have a, a, a tag as uh, called the Commonwealth Connection. Cause, you know they're both Brits. Okay, okay. Got JTG <clears throat> from. Nice. Uh, 
uh, crime time, baby. Crime time, yep. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace to Chad. <clears throat> yes, WWE Hall of Famer. Yes, uh, this year's inductees, right? Uh, yes, inductee. Yep. Um, which I'm surprised they didn't have JTG do, um, in, in deduct them. Um, I'm like, did they? No, it's his wife and daughter. Yeah. Oh, they did. I thought it was another wrestler. N- now I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> well, wow, that's, yeah, that's real bad. It was for the Warrior Award. The Warrior. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I almost would have swore it was JTG. It was. I almost swear, but hold on, I'm looking it up now on the Google machine. <clears throat> okay. Um, they got Funkasaurus on there. Yeah. Uh, Clay Bryce. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, any other notable notable names that um, were in any other promotions. Oh, and uh, the Briscoes. The Briscoes? Yep. Oh, wow. I don't think I yeah. realized that. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think they're like one of those, like, like Matt, like, you know, Zach Ryder, they're like floaters from like different promotions. Yeah, they just showed up in Impact, I think, uh, and like won their tag belts like last week, maybe. Really? Yeah. So how is it with these contracts? These shit, like back in yesteryear, like you couldn't. It was like a no-no to do like eight different promotions and like <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the world is changing, you know. Okay, so they all have non-compete clause except for Vince. Um, I mean, I think different people have different things because you'll see some talent is exclusive to some companies because but doesn't tony allow everybody to work free um to work indies tony Khan? uh no really not everybody works indies <laughs> okay um but a lot of the guys do work indies and i think so you have the option yeah yeah they definitely have the option and i think a lot of that is controlled by aew okay. i don't know if it's kind of like so back in the day um when it was NWA TNA, mm-hmm. those guys all worked indies, okay. um, but it was all controlled by NWA TNA. It was specifically this one guy, Bill Barons, who handled all their bookings. Oh, that was um, Yeah, yep. So you contacted Bill Barons, and okay. you know, it's like I want to take you know so and so for such and such a date. He checks to make sure if it's available. He he names the price, but like the whole deal. So what indies did they allow them to work? Uh, the NWA guys, they worked all over the place. Uh, that's okay. why I, I even know about all this. Because I'm like, yeah, they'd be on all the local mass indies or New England okay. indies. Like, yeah, they were all over. Were there any promotions that they allowed them not to work? Um, probably Ring of Honor. Probably, okay. uh, you know, the, your bigger places. Like New Japan, All Japan? Or Triple A in Puerto Rico? Uh, they were probably allowed to work the bigger places outside of the U.S. I'm going to oh, okay. guess. Okay. Because, like, even, uh, I mean, even back in the day, WWF had a relationship with New Japan. And, like, I, I feel like it's different when you're working outside of the country. Okay. Um, I even think about uh, recently, I'm trying to remember now what, I, I don't want to get Ring of Honor and AEW mixed up. Um, but I feel like one of those companies like had a thing like you could work outside the country, but like you couldn't work like inside the country. Okay. For, like those companies. Okay. All right. 
Um, all and right. now with AEW and the Forbidden Door, and I, I think actually, what is the Forbidden Door? Explain this to me. <laughs> I keep seeing it pop up on the NS, so break it down for me. Uh, I mean, it's just a silly concept. Basically, uh, the idea is, you know, like you said, you know, you used to not see people working uh, at other places. Okay. And so the idea of the AEW Forbidden Door is you see people from other companies come into AEW. Okay. Um, you know, at this point, it's kind of a silly concept because you see everybody working everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, WWE right now, I feel like, is the only place that's really, truly exclusive. Right. Um, you know, uh, but with that being said, it's it's still a, it's a cool idea. Uh, this Forbidden Door show, AEW versus New Japan, coming up mm-hmm. on June. Mm-hmm. Um, that that should be fun. Uh, should be interesting. I think um, I have... Uh... Kenny go uh, up against uh, what his his uh, old tag partner Abushi. Um, yeah. Well, Kenny's out on injury right now. Really? What he injured? Yeah. Like everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, oh. last year while he was yeah. camp, he had a bunch of injuries, <laughs> and uh, he just put off <laughs> taking care of them. Okay. Um. So that's why he's he's been out for a number of months now, since like February, I think. Oh wow. Um, if, if not even before then, but yeah, he uh, basically he had like a shoulder injury, like a I think he had like a mild hernia. Um, he was like getting a what do you call it? Not not Vitiligo, because um, that's the Michael Jackson thing. Um, but that thing where you get dizzy. Oh, vertigo! Vertigo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was getting that. Like, so he had like all these issues, but he was the AEW champion, so he just kind of wrestled through, through it. it. Yeah. Until yeah. he you know, and I guess the for better or worse, the, the whole time he knew when he was gonna be dropping the belt. Okay. So it's just like, oh, you just gotta get to this date. Um and the reason why I say for better or worse, because uh I, I feel like Tony Khan is pulling a Vince McMahon senior in being like, this is my plan. I'm sticking to it, even though there's a better plan available. Okay. Because uh, okay. that's what Vince McMahon Sr. did. Uh, when Vince McMahon Sr. made superstar Billy Graham his champion, yep. he had already had the plan for Bob Backlund to become champion. Really? Yeah, yep. Okay, was Superstar still a heel at this time? or was Yeah, Superstar was a heel. Face? No, oh, no okay. Superstar was a heel. Bef- oh, okay, and, okay. And this is before Superstar Billy Graham like became as big as he did. And, that's, and this is where I think things went wrong. Superstar Billy Graham became a huge star yep. as the WWF champion. And Vince McMahon Sr. was like, doesn't matter. Like The plan is for Backlund to get the belt at such and such a date. So instead of riding this wave of momentum, yep. he, he just stuck with his plan. Um, and I think Tony Khan is doing similar. Um you know, he had the opportunity to make Brian Danielson probably the biggest heel in wrestling and probably like the amazing AEW champion that would have brought yep. in a lot of mainstream eyes because everybody yep. knows who he is. Yep. But instead it was like, well, I have this plan to make Hangman Adam Page the champion. I'm just going to stick to that. Okay. Okay. And so Tony Khan's doubling down. I, 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 I honestly think... Um, and it's funny because as someone who would love to wrestle for AEW, I might be about to shoot myself in the foot here. Yep. But I don't care. I've got to speak my truth. 
Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think Tony Khan, because uh, he, he just recently talked about how Hangman Adam Page is the greatest AEW champion of all time. Like, if you look at his run, there's no better run. Okay. And, and when I see or, uh, you know, yeah, I guess when I see that, I read it. I didn't hear him say it. I read it. Right. Um, right. But when I, when I see something like that, I, I think I'm like, okay, well, you're doing the company thing. You're putting your guy over. Right, but you're doing it at the expense of your company, um, and, and I almost wonder: Does Tony Khan look at it just like a uh, stat sheet? And he's like, "Well, like this guy's the champion, and I've had him have these awesome championship matches, so that makes him the best champion." And it's like, no, like there's there's other intangibles, and when you're talking an audience of fans that that are going to watch and trying to get new eyes on your product, you got to right. go with. The, the biggest names and the best in the ring and Brian Danielson is both of those things um, and he could have even gone with Adam Cole as champion I wouldn't have minded that it still would have been a mistake Brian Danielson was the guy um, but Adam Cole is probably the most over guy there either that or people just like the champ things and that could be a possibility too true but I mean you know, fans like being involved they do, they do, but people go crazy to be like Adam Cole, baby, right? And have been for years. Um, I remember when I think it was SummerSlam was in New York at the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. and uh, so NXT they had a Takeover uh, the night before, and I remember being at Takeover um, just in the crowd, like in the crowd waiting uh, to like get to our seats and everything. And people, you know, someone would just yell out, Adam Cole, and the whole place would be like, baby. <laughs> it was just wild. Um, but I mean, well, a, lot like of promoters, a lot of promoters have, uh, you know, their stubbornness, you know. They do. They do. Uh, everyone everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you see the way that Tony's running it? Do you think. Uh, AEW has a, will have a, a five-year run? Oh, easily. Um, okay. I, I think... Well, I shouldn't say easily, actually, because I would have... Especially looking back on it, yeah. but at the time, I would have thought Impact would have had a huge run on like TV and everything else. Right. Um, and they didn't uh, for several reasons. Uh, some of which out of, out of their control, um, but that's one of those things where you can never take into account it. So that's why I right. can't say, oh, easily. I mean, right. heck, uh, Warner Media, you know, as it's known now, because um, they just had that big merger with, uh, I don't know who they merged with. Or was it AOL Time Warner, I think, merged with somebody, and that's why it's okay. now Warner Media. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, um, well, I mean, we shall, who we knows? shall see. Hopefully, it'll, well, hopefully it'll be around you know ten years. But hopefully, real quick with with impact, which inse- which era do you feel like is is the most? It thrives the most. What was oh, that? That's my vacuum. I'm sorry. Uh, I've got caterpillars <laughs> in the house. Oh. <laughs> um, so just quickly snatching up a couple of them. <laughs> but um, yeah. So which era like, with his first inception? You know, TNA with the whole. Six Side Ring, the Dixie uh, Carter era, or like it's now his newest inception, you know, his latest inception. I mean, next with AEW and all the indie talent. Uh, 
like are you asking like what was its most like profitable most successful? So which one was your which one which one is your favorite oh which one is my favorite i'm sorry yeah. um my favorite era of tna is uh it's a tie actually um the the when kurt angle came in and you've got kurt angle samoa joe aj styles christopher daniels like just all these like matchmakers. that when they did the when they had the main of the the it was you know was kurt angle booker t kevin nash what was it at that stable called main main event mafia Mafia. are you talking about like that time a little bit before that time actually um but but blending into that time for sure um that i i that was one of my favorite periods actually i might have to say three favorite periods of tna all right um as i'm thinking about it because i'm like oh i loved that period and each of those periods had you know i was a different person Mm -hmm. um so during the period where angle came in and everything um at that point like i wanted to wrestle for them Mm -hmm. um and it was interesting because i had done uh right before christian came in actually um i had done some security work for them um Mm might have got myself in some trouble for marking out for jimmy hart Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i I was young and i mean jimmy hart was like to me a, a big star uh, that, as funny as it may sound, because I'm like in the back with like AJ Styles and all these people. Yeah. But like, I was like, oh my God, Jimmy Hart. Like, and I did. I literally out loud said that. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> was not asked to do security again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you show your market Marxism to. to... Uh, I did. I did. But it was, you know, it's just, well, I mean, you know, we grew up the same era like you know jimmy hart was a big star i remember yep. you know him managing the hart foundation the mountie like just all, all and he did all those wcw uh, theme songs the knockoffs yes yes yep he's american made Ba-ba-da. he's american made but uh <laughs> Who's, wait who is that what buff bagwell's no that was um hulk hogan's oh and wcw yeah Oh, I keep on forgetting he had, yeah, he, he was yellow and red for like a brief second, huh? Yeah, when he came in? Yeah, yeah, because I'm always thinking NWO Hogan, so that put me, that's why it took me a minute to like register that in my head. <laughs> yeah, instead of a real American, he's American made. And, uh... was it, how was that theme song? <laughs> uh, not as good as real American. Oh, okay. Which, uh, I believe Jimmy Hart wrote as well. Um, oh, okay. Which, uh, talented. If, very very um you know but uh but yeah uh with that being said though so uh the that period of tna uh, um you know and i was looking at that as a wrestler trying to get in yeah um and then my next favorite period of tna was uh jeff hardy as a heel okay um and uh during that time period i wasn't wrestling Okay. Um, so this time I'm modeling, um, but I'm still watching as a fan. Okay. And um, I, I, especially looking back on it, like I don't know how they didn't make that time period like such a bigger thing, and how TNA didn't like become like what AEW is considered now, okay. um, as like the second, you know, alternative or what have you. Okay. Because, um, because yeah, it was just so good so good 
Uh, now, was this when you say he, when he was a heel? Was this when he had his whole that that terrible match with, with uh, him and Sting? This was around that time where he was all jacked up on whatever. Yeah, this was, this was right around that time, but but well before that point, well before that match. Oh, okay, uh, when Jeff Hardy first turned heel. Uh, he had this great theme song. Uh, it was like, another me, there will never, ever be. Um, okay. And it just like had this mood and vibe. But TNA was really kicking on all cylinders, in my opinion, at that point. And this was definitely during the Hogan-Bischoff era um, okay. of things over there. And I know that created a lot of issues and problems and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, ah, I really, as a fan... I thought they were kicking on all cylinders and doing really what well. What issues did, uh, did that create? I, I, didn't, I, never, I didn't hear any rumblings. Well, with the Hogan-Bischoff era, number one, they came in, they got rid of the six-sided ring, which a lot of people did not like. I was, I, I mean, I wasn't really hooked like that on the six-sided ring. It was too busy for me. Yeah, and It looked stiff, too. I wasn't hooked on it either. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, a lot of... And I think we're seeing this with AEW now. Like, there becomes, like, this level of tribalism. Oh, okay. And, and people are like, wait, this is, like, our company with our six-sided ring. Like, and now you're bringing in Hulk Hogan, who is, like, the epitome of WWE, you know? Uh, and Eric Bischoff, right. like, the, the the evil, you know, uh, executive. And they're getting rid of, like, this thing. And I think that's, that created a problem. Right, right, right. And unfortunately, and I'm going to tie this back into AEW, um, I think people get get hung up on, like, you've got to find the right balance and blend of keeping your main base happy, but also expanding and making things accessible for your outside base. Right. And AEW, I think they focus too much on just keeping their main base happy. And not on expanding, whereas with TNA, they did the opposite. They focused too much on expanding and completely forgot about their main base. And I'm like, you got to find the balance in between the two. Right. Right. Okay. All right. My hill to die on, Brian Danielson as AEW champion is that balance between the two. Because the AEW hardcore fans are going to love Brian Danielson because he's so good and he's got that Ring of Honor pedigree. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, even though he's coming off of WWE, he's not a WWE guy. Like, um, So I think the, the, the home base would be happy. And then because he's coming off of WWE and he literally had just made a bench at WrestleMania, um, you know, you, you now open the, the, the eyes of people that don't watch the AEW product, but they know who he is. And right. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, thankfully it all sounds so similar that, that that people won't have a hard time of being like, wait, who? Like, you know, or anything like that. So it becomes like a very easy transition. And even like people that like watch the the the, uh, the, the Bella shows, uh, yeah. I, I, whatever it was called there, like Divas and all Tall, that stuff. Tall Divas. Yeah. Um, he was part of all that stuff, you know? <laughs> Um, right. So, so it's like, yeah, I, I think he bring a lot of positive eyes, but instead, no, he's toiling away in the Blackpool Combat Club, um, which I enjoy, but yep. it's not a it's not a good use of him and marketing and all the positive things that could come from him being their champion. Okay. And he was the best heel. He was the best heel. Well, couldn't uh, they do that with Paige? 
No. Okay. He's just, it's not the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because he doesn't have that uh, WWE uh, look tag yeah, on. That, from, that, that main yeah, all those, yeah, added additional. Um, okay. All right. And he's not as good of a wrestler as Danielson. Oh, okay. Well, he, <laughs> he was in Japan for another, I heard, like, these some matches. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, he, like I said, I think he stole the weekend in New Orleans. Him and Ibushi tore it down at uh, th- their show. But uh, but with that being said, I'm like, Danielson, especially when he first came in the company and he had like a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, he was yeah. like the best wrestler in the in the industry at that time. Okay. And I think he can still turn that on if he wants to. Okay. Okay. All right. Um... With uh, Danielson, how many more years do you think he has left in his career? I mean, that's going to depend on his body, really. Okay. Um, but I think realistically, I could see him performing at this level for another yep. three to five years. Wow. If his body can hold up. Three to five. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think any more guys could be jumping ship to WWE and follow, you know, follow what uh, Cody did? There's been murmurs that MJF, uh, his contract is uh, coming up soon, and we don't know if he's going to resign or get what he wants from Tony. So supposedly MJF's contract is up in January 2024, I believe. Really? Yeah. But then why are they making like a huge thing of it now? Because that's still two years from now. Yeah, MJF uh, openly talks about it in interviews. He did an interview with Ariel Hawani. Oh, okay. And, are these uh, shoot interviews or these uh, work that he's talking about his contract in? I mean, who knows? True. Cause he works uh, in KFA, right? Right. All the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and so with Ariel Hawati, he said, he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, when my contract is up, I'm going to go to whoever pays me the most. Right. Um, and, and I mean, that fits his gimmick. But also, I mean, that could be his real life thought. And you can't blame him if that's his thought. Like, you know, that's, that's right. there's a business to make money. Right, right. Why was he out talking to Ariel Hawaii if he, because he does uh, MMA, not professional wrestling? They're covering more wrestling stuff on ESPN. Really? It's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. Um, do you think guys should work 100% kayfabe? Um, honestly, I get very torn on that one. Okay. Um, I love what MJF's doing. Um, okay. I, I think it works well. I think, I think the art of wrestling is the the kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Um, the the tough thing is you don't want to insult people's intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we live in a day and age where it's harder to to live the gimmick. Um, you know, like like it's funny as funny as it is. Uh, I remember reading about Kevin Sullivan. Uh, and when he was doing, like, he had, like, some kind of, like, it, it was never called a devil worshipping gimmick, but it was a, along those lines. Mm-hmm. And he would go to the grocery store, like, with his, like, robe and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, well, this was, like, the late 70s, like, you could do that, you know? Right. <laughs> and it was, like, and it was believable. It was like, oh, yeah, there are those weird people out there that, like, do this sort of stuff, and this is what, the, you know? Right. Um, 
and, and there was no social media or anything. So he literally just had to, you know, you do that, you're once a week to the grocery store, but otherwise you're living your life, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like now with social media and everything else and like 24 seven news, um, to, to, to live your gimmick would be really tough unless you've got a gimmick like MJF, uh, Ric Flair, um, you know, cause he definitely lived his gimmick and I mean, he, he wouldn't last long in today's culture, but he could live the gimmick and it be believable. Um, well, well, Ric Flair really wasn't living kayfabe. That was like his natural personality though. Yeah, it was both. Yeah, well, yeah, that was like almost yeah. Where the where's the? I'd be curious to know what his actual personality is. <laughs> I mean, I think that is his actual personality. Just you know. So is it really kayfabe then? I mean, kind of, and I guess maybe that's the thing with MJF. That's also his actual personality. I, I've been in the ring with him. I, yeah. you know, I, I've heard stories about him, and it's like, yeah, he he's just a douchey Long Island dude. How well, how was he in the back? Um, MJF, he's, he, okay. he is what he, that, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he, that's who he is. Okay. Um, I don't know if I, you know what, I'll tell the story without using names. Yeah. Um, a, a guy who's pretty high up in the wrestling world. He's a producer for one of the big two companies. Yep. Um, and uh, he's worked everywhere. He uh, told me a story one time about, uh, the first time he met MJF, and keep in mind that th this guy that I'm talking about, he's a producer for one of the big two companies. He's very high up in the wrestling world. Yeah. And the first time he met MJF, MJF called him old man. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, if you do that, I'm going to have to slap you. And MJF's yeah. like, whatever, old man. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you slap him? I believe he did. Oh, wow. Uh, but like MJF is just MJF, and that's why I'm like, I don't know if that's just the gimmick and he lives it, like you yeah. know, he just, or is that just who he is? Are there pros and cons to living the gimmick? Um, for sure. What uh, are they? I mean, pros. It makes it very easy to to keep the gimmick going because yep. if you're living it, it's just yep. this is what I do. You know, yep. you don't have to switch in and out or anything like that. Yeah. Um, cons, depending on the gimmick, you can get lost in the gimmick. Um, a lot of people say that that's what happened to Ric Flair. Uh, people say Richard Flair was not that guy, but okay. then Ric Flair became that guy. Ah, so so each absorbs you. Exactly, which uh, some people say happened to Heath Ledger. Oh, with uh, well, the yeah, Joker, right? I guess yeah, with method method acting. Yeah, and I guess that's that's what living the gimmick kind of is. That's a type of method acting, right? Um, but you know, sometimes people do have the ability to separate the two. Like you can see with uh, definitely with Taker. Well, it's funny Taker definitely separated the two, but he kind of blended it. Taker's an interesting one. I feel like well, he sure. blended it when he became the motorcycle gimmick, but when he yeah. was just the you know, dead man gimmick, those are two separate people. For sure. For sure. But he did a, but it's, I, I feel like it, it's not too far from who he is. Taker's not, you're not going to see Taker in bright colors and, you know, hey, dude, how you, like, Taker's a dark, wearing black kind of guy. Right. Um, 
But but yeah, no, definitely two. You know, Mark Calloway and Undertaker are definitely two different people. Right. And outside of the biker gimmick, yeah, I think that it didn't really bleed too much. Right. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, yeah, because you you know you mentioned Ric Flair, and I, I guess you could also say Warrior. Yeah, Warrior definitely he, lived the gimmick. Yeah, he definitely you know it sort of absorbed him because you know. Uh, but then again, like you said, it was, it's almost like that thing like it sounded like, you know, Jim, uh, what's his last name? Helwig. Yeah, like it was somewhat Before of an intense... Before he became Warrior Warrior. Right. Uh, it sounded like he was an intense guy, and then the Warrior gimmick, like, this knocked it up ten notches. Yeah, he started to actually believe the, the hype, if you will. Um, right, right, right. Believe, believe the gimmick. Um, yeah. <laughs> trying to think of other well I guess here's another one that separate uh I guess going back to you know Taker's uh friends uh I guess like uh Papa Shango slash you know Godfather because uh, he was sort of like like Taker you know biker you know I think he like ran or bar- like bounced at like you know like uh gentlemen's clubs and stuff like that but then like when he had like that whole Papa Shango, they're two separate <laughs> things. Obviously, when he became, you know, the, you know, the Godfather, that sort of was close That's to his personality. Who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm just, I'm just like trying to think, like people who were like A and B, you know, like the gimmick was this, and their, you know, actual person was the other. You know, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, there's a few like that. Oh, Mick Foley. Ah, uh, which gimmick? I, I'll, I would. Say any of them? Because <laughs> I would say he would be closer to almost uh, maybe cactus gimmick. But then you know, the other way. two definitely. You'll think like because well, uh, Cactus Jack was a crazy madman. Like Mick Foley's he, the guy he, that likes to go to Santa, the Santa's. No, but I'm saying like, but 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 he he also has like. His actual, his actual person, Mick Foley, seems like he has a very when he gets like angry, he gets angry, angry. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So For similar sure. to but Cactus, like, but the actual sword. person is like a nice guy that likes. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I got you. Village and stuff like that. Whereas Cactus Jack is a madman who's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know, I got you. I got you. Yeah, but then you got, and then you have one that's probably blended together with what you could say, maybe probably Randy Savage. Ooh yeah. Yeah, that's like, an interesting one. Like, where does Macho and Ran- you know what I'm saying, Randy Poffover like separate themselves? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. No, that's a great question. <clears throat> no, you're and, right on that because, uh, yeah, he's an intense guy and everything else. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, and, and was he that before he became Macho Man, or was he just, or like, did he become Macho Man and all of a sudden was like, oh, like this is my deal and I always yeah, like, like this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you spent time with uh, Honky Tonk. Uh, yes, how, how is 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 that is that him or is that two separate characters? I mean, the Honky Tonk Man is uh, Elvis impersonator, right? So the the actual guy is not an Elvis impersonator. He's just well, is he like a big Elvis fan? Like you know what I'm saying? Like, um. I don't even know. It's funny, actually. I'm thinking about like, is it like, is it a you know dialed up character from his actual personality? You know what I'm saying? No, because his actual personality is pretty quiet. Oh, okay. He's actually a very quiet guy. Okay. Um, 
kind of likes to be left alone, and you know. And I guess I. All right, know, so yeah, so he was able to separate the characters then. Yeah, he, he definitely he, he's a very thoughtful person. Okay. Um, you know, in regards to his thoughts on wrestling and everything else, and so yeah, he he's he would be the type to deliberately make sure to not live the gimmick and not get good, good, good. caught in that. Right. Yeah. Um, Hogan, Terry uh, I mean, Bolella. What, what do you think? <laughs> You think that's just a, a basically a, a mirror of his character? This like that's flame? such a tough one um, because Hulk Hogan, the the character is the all American babyface, and I don't know well, if that's Hulk Hogan him, the that's, person. But that's eighties Hogan. Don't forget he's had many incarnations. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so which which era are we, are we looking at? So is NWO Hogan? Is that the real guy? I, I don't know. Could possibly. And also, we're, we're, we're with Hogan, what gets very tough is because after that uh, court trial, yep. and he talked about the, <laughs> the differences between Hulk Hogan and Terry Bollea. No, wait, like, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know, uh, the, the transcripts online? Yes, there are transcripts really? online. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> I, I, will, I will throw this one gem out there. Okay. Terry Bollea is six inches, but Hulk Hogan is ten. He oh, actually wow. said that in a courtroom. Really? Yes. <laughs> First of all, yeah. What was he in the courtroom? Was he getting sued or was he suing? Um, he was suing. Yes, this all went to court because he was suing. Okay. Yeah. What was he? So he was he suing for the the the, the video being leaked? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because it was a website, right? Yes, yep. Gotcha. I think he won, and they, like, pretty much d- disappeared after that. Yeah, yep. They had to pay okay. him out $50 million and They paid him $50 million? $50 million. Wow. He got more than that than he did probably did wrestling. <laughs> Actually, you think about it, probably. That's crazy. Like, you would think all those bumps and bruises and all those surgeries... And yet, just one show up, one courtroom appearance does that for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think with multiple appearances in the courtroom, but yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, day, I guess was that, a was a universal, that was a universe that was a universe supplement because he could have got that private woman grill. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was actually one, a uh, uh, probably a legit Hogan is Hogan tale that he that was actually true that he was uh, the original person for that. I could see that. You, ne- you never heard that? That he no, was supposed I, to get the foreman uh, grill yes. for George, but then his wife said, she like, said no, or like didn't pick up a phone. Something in regards to that. Yeah, supposedly she didn't pick up the phone. You're right. But uh, it's funny. It's a tough one, because I could see that uh-huh. the, happening. But the only thing there is, uh, it was actually um, Jim Cornette's co-host, Brian Last, on uh-huh. uh, the Jim Cornette podcast. Uh, probably the, the best podcast, if not ours. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, on that, Brian Last said, he's like, I've dealt with uh, trademark companies before. Yep. He's like, they don't just hang up and go, all right, well, let's call the next person. Oh. <laughs> so that's so what do you think? What do you think actually, you think there was more uh, details to that situation? Probably. Okay. You know, and who knows what the exact details are, but I could definitely see at the least, I, I would say he was probably on the list of people to okay. for, for that grill at, at the least. Would you have bought it for the Hulk Hogan grill or George Foreman just has that face that you would be like, yeah, I can get a grill from him. 
it's funny because I'm like, I, I've over my lifetime, I've owned a few Foreman grills. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I probably would have been, especially because I, I think about my first Foreman grill. I was still in high school when I bought it. Right. Um, I'm like, if Hogan was, if it was a Hogan grill at that time, I was so into wrestling. Um, I definitely would have bought it. It, it could have been a Gilbert grill. I would have bought it. <laughs> Uh, you know, if the commercials were as convincing as the Foreman commercials, and instead it's Hulk Hogan, although that's a that's a tough thing. I'm thinking about it now from a marketing standpoint. It's, it's tough the general public, wrestlers. yeah, yeah. general public. Uh, but then Foreman's a box, though, that not everybody knows. No, but bo- boxing is legit. Like wrestling is a work, right? So you might immediately be like, oh, like this is a wrestling thing. Is it a work? You know, plus I, George, I don't know. Plus George has that, you know, like that. That friendly, you know, oh yeah, disposition, disposition that like you know, and he saw like somebody you seen like your family, yeah, totally, totally. And plus, it doesn't hurt that we all know that his children are named after him, (laughs) right? So, yeah, he's very likable, lovable kind of guy. And he He, did go up against Muhammad Ali, and you know, Rumble in the Jungle, baby. But I wonder at the time if you were, you know, in, in marketing, like as far as like. Not even domestically, but worldly, you know, who has a bigger name, Hulk Hogan, George Foreman? That's a tough one. Right? Because Hogan worked out in Japan, so he has the East. But then, you know, George Foreman, you know, boxes, aficionados, like probably from Europe and, you know, yeah, other places, you know. <clears throat> Where do you, who has a, you know, bigger demographic? But yeah, the thing, I was talking different time period because Hogan was eighties and like Foreman was like late seventies, eighties. I think he came back to boxing like late well, mid nineties. I was just gonna say at some point when we were around, like because I remember this, yeah. But I'm like I don't have great memory of it, so I'm like I don't know how old we would have been. But right. like, Foreman became the champ of the world again. Yep. Yeah, he was like forty something years old. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, I mean, but, I guess that covers a lot of time period. That's 70s, 80s, 90s. True. But you got to think about, like, our parents. Well, Hogan like, covers that, too. True. But I was going to say, if, if we, like, who who's our parents know more? Hulk Hogan or George Foreman? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think they know them both equally. Yeah, that's true. So, I guess I guess there's no bad choice, I guess, if you had to pick either one or two. You still yeah, be selling grills. Totally. Um... I do think Foreman's the better choice as we're talking about it. Okay. Um, especially, geez, with where we're at now in the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Foreman hasn't had any controversies. Yeah, he hasn't had any yeah, blemishes on his uh, record. Yeah. So the, the Foreman grill can still go strong. I mean, I see right. it at Walmart today, even, you know? Yeah, I guess uh, it doesn't hurt, too, that the like the actual product is of use. Yeah, yep. It's a, like if it, if it was like even even name was on it and like the burgers came out to look like hockey pucks, like nobody would like probably right. whose face was on it. Oh yeah, it wouldn't matter. But no, I think Foreman's the better choice. I think Foreman uh Foreman looks like a guy that eats burgers. <laughs> like I just picture him like cooking so I'm like, Yeah, that all makes sense to me. I'm like, I don't picture Hogan. I, Hogan would have to do the grilled chicken breast on there. Um Yeah. And, you know. Which a yeah. lot of people don't know. Actually, I'm gonna gonna let all the foreman users of the world know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a key to juicy grilled chicken breast on the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you've got the patience for it, yep. cook it with the top open. Why is that? It, it what? Because when the top is closed, it presses down on the meat and you squeeze some of the juice out. Ah, uh, so it becomes yeah, it loses its, its moisture, it's a little dry. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So if you've got is the that patience, safe it takes a little that... bit oh yeah, you just got to okay. flip the chicken. You just got to flip the chicken, and you okay, got to okay. not touch. Got to not touch the top. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say yeah. Uh, you know, definitely put warning out there. <laughs> so people yeah. like, especially you know whoever you know kids like. Make sure like my kids shouldn't be touching a foreman grill anyways, even when it's closed. No. But uh no. But, but yeah, but but yeah, no, okay. definitely you right. take your precautions. But your ju- your chicken will come out juicier if you do it that way. Have you ever rock put fish on there? Uh yes I have. Okay, I was curious, like what meats can and not do? Obviously burgers it could do and use it, you know, chicken. Uh yes, so fish it can do? Yeah, it can do fish. I used to, uh, back in the day, actually, uh, I was working at the Ritz Plaza at the time, and I actually got in trouble because um, I brought a George Foreman grill to the break room, Uh and and, uh, it was fine, I guess, when I was cooking up burgers and turkey burgers and things like that, Uh but uh, I started bringing in fish. Um, It was uh, tilapia. Okay. And uh, I, I just bring in some tilapia, season it with some lemon lime salt, um, and then uh, throw it on the foreman. Yep. Cooked really quickly. Like, oh, yeah, because it's super thin. Yeah, yep, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, boom, take it out. Um, so, yeah, it, it cooks really well, but uh, okay. people don't want fish in a break room. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you do steak? Oh, yeah, yep, can definitely do steak. Cause I was see, I would think steak would be too thick. I mean, I I guess it depends how thick of a cut of steak you have. Yeah, but and like, you, like and how you want to cook, you know, depending, you know, on the the rarity yeah. or you know how over you know well done you want it. Right, you know, and probably it's a matter of just how much time you have to give it and everything else. But I've definitely yeah. done steaks on there. Okay. I uh, right now I'm a big fan of the Gordon Ramsay method of steak cooking, which is. Uh, you 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 um set the heat really high on a uh, cast iron uh pan yep fry the steak one side flip it over fry the steak the other side then you stick it in the oven okay um at i think like 400 or something like that for a few okay. minutes okay and uh steak comes out perfectly okay all right good to know good to know so, yes sir Okay. That's why the uh, cast iron pan, definitely best investment people can make, I think, in cooking wise. Yeah. And they're not that expensive. You can go to like a home goods, get one for like 20, 30 bucks, like a big one. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, back to wrestling. Uh, <laughs> we were on a food tangent. Have you watched AEW this past week? Uh, yes. Um, I've watched Dynamite, have not yet watched Rampage. Okay. But uh, I am I am getting excited with Dynamite. Um, CM Punk against Hangman Page is coming up at the uh, pay-per-view, uh, which I think is in two weeks. Okay. And um, I'm hoping CM Punk beats Hangman Page for the title. How come? Uh, You're not a Hangman Page fan at all. I'm a huge Hangman Page fan. I am just not a Hangman Page fan as AEW champion. Okay. He, he's not the right guy. Okay. Um, CM Punk, I also don't think is the right guy. Okay. But with that being said, he's a better guy than Hangman. And uh, 
I think him as champion, he'll he'll garner that mainstream attention. Okay. Okay. How's CM Punk uh, doing now? Now that we're in uh, year three? Well, no, this is we're not even a full year yet into Punk being back. Yes, we I thought we Punk, are. Punk came back last August. Punk no, I thought it was three years. I thought, of, really? No, yeah, Punk wasn't around for any of the pandemic stuff. Uh, oh, he came back last August. Why do you feel like he's been around? Because <laughs> <laughs> the way time goes by these days, it's True. crazy. True. But yeah, Punk came back last August. Okay. What's uh, uh, your current report card on him? Um, he's definitely, he's, uh, you know, he, he's clicking uh, as far as in the ring. He's got his timing and everything back. Okay. Um, it's funny, CM Punk was never a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can definitely tell he's not as explosive as he was even, you know, Whitley, I mean, I, I think Prime Punk was 2011. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think it would have to be argued that was his best period that we've seen right. thus far. He may end up eclipsing that at some point. Um, but but right now, 2011 Punk, in my opinion, is the, the best CM Punk. And okay. uh, yeah, he is not... He's not what made him so? Was at that point. What made CM Punk like a darling in everybody's eyes? What what gravitates you to him? Cult of personality. Uh, no pun intended. Actually, every pun intended. But um, yeah, I think with Punk, um, when he was coming up on the Indies, he and I started. He started just a, a few years before I did. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a similar time period, and I, you know, he was. On the indies, he was very outspoken. Everybody knew who he was. And, and he had a huge chip on his shoulder because everybody told him he wouldn't get anywhere. Um, they're like, look at you. You're like the skinny white trash kid. Um, you're, you're not going to make it. Like, And he would tell everybody that he was. Okay. okay. I think a lot of people could relate to him. He had kind of like the Eminem thing going for him. Okay. So would you just say like an like emo wrestler? Yeah, kind of an emo wrestler. I, I think a lot of backyarders looked up to him. He wore shorts to the ring. Okay. Um, like basketball style shorts. Like I, So I think a lot of people were just like, oh my God, like I see myself in this guy. And then okay. he actually made it to WWE. <laughs> like, he showed yeah. everybody. Uh, not well, only did he make it to WWE, he became their champion. But he, he still did Headline WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Which, no. yeah, which was his like big thing. Mm, if you mm-hmm. if you're Vince, do you line him headline your biggest uh, pay per view? Is he one? I mean, is he a headliner? Absolutely, he is. He probably would have transitioned wrestling. Like if they had pushed him properly, he would have transitioned wrestling, and WWE would have never lost their popularity. Who would he headline against? Anybody? Okay. Cena. Um. I'm trying to think of who was around at that time. That that uh, I mean, Cena, Taker, uh, and that was the big consolation prize. They were like, "Oh, you're wrestling Taker on WrestleMania." Yeah, but it wasn't a main event. And that's when they started talking about multiple main events. Like, "Oh, we've got this and the co-main event." It's like, no, there's only one main event of WrestleMania. Whatever the headline match is, yep. that is the main event. Excuse me. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I think I think Punk would have transitioned the kind of indie style into WWE, 
Um, I, I think about the feud him and Seth Rollins could have had, um, Punk and Brian. There would have been so many things that would have been so good and it would have been good for wrestling as a whole. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, here we are now, almost a year into Punk's return. Um, and I think from a technical standpoint, he's as good as he ever was. Um, you know, from a physical standpoint, there's definitely some changes, but again, who knows? Uh, he could, you know, he, he could still be putting things together. Um, you know, and he gives an old guy like me hope. I'm like, all right, CM Punk, he's, uh, I think, four years older than me. Um, so if he's still going, rocking and rolling, then uh, why can't I, right? You think you ever go back? To WWE? I think that would yeah. be crazy. Um, they'd have to offer him so much money. Uh, well, you didn't think Cody would go? No, I didn't. And here we are. And the rumor is they offered him so much money. Um and I guess the, the funny thing, uh, I think with Cody, Cody's makes sense because his is kind of a redemption story. Okay. Assuming he gets a big push and he gets the title. If okay. he doesn't get the title, then it's not a redemption story. Okay. Um, you know, and, and even like his, like right now he's getting the big push. If that doesn't last, it's not a redemption story. Okay. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out with punk. Um, I think what would be interesting, because there's all these talks of WWE being sold, um, I think if it were to be sold, uh, and then Punk came back, and he was like, I never wanted to work for McMahon again, um, that would be an interesting reason for him to come back, perhaps. Okay. And would he get his headline WrestleMania dream match? I don't know. Um, I don't know if he'd want it. I feel like at this point it's bastardized. Um, How so? Because it's not, you know, when we were growing up, there was one WrestleMania. You were going to be in one main event. Uh, you know, um, now there it's two nights. It's that you know they'll they'll say there's like five main event matches. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Still WrestleMania though. It's still WrestleMania. And it's the largest wrestling crowd you'll you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, what was your ten, total attendance when you guys were in uh, Texas? This in, year, seventy seventy seven thousand. And what was it like to be in a stadium full of seventy seven thousand people? Loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, it's weird. It's loud but quiet. Okay. Like you you hear the people, you don't hear like the ring and the wrestling. Really? Yeah. Like, when they're taking their bumps, you don't hear none of that? No. Wow. And we weren't even, like... We, we were on the floor. We were at the back of the floor. Yeah. So it's not like we were that far. Like, it's not like we were up in the nosebleeds. Like, we're, we're on the back of the floor, and, yeah, you don't hear the ring or anything. You're just hearing the crowd. Spooky. A little bit. And, uh... I've heard wrestlers talk about it. And they say it's weird for them because they don't hear the crowd. Really? Yeah. Um, I think it was AJ Styles talked about his first WrestleMania. And yeah. it threw him off. He was like, I'm not hearing anything. He's like, "Do they? are they not responding to what we're doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, so I can't imagine, uh, you know, my biggest crowd I've ever wrestled in front of was 2,000 people. Yep. And, uh, and that was an incredible experience. Where was this? Um, this was in New York. This was uh, in the V1 days when I was blonde. And um, it was a uh, Christian wrestling company. Shawn Michaels was at the show. Kane was on the show. Okay. Um, Ted DiBiase was on the show. Uh, I wrestled a wrestler by the name of Justin Glory. Shout out to uh, Justin Glory, who now runs Backbreakers Training Center in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I want to say it's the same town as uh, that TV show, The Office. Um, oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Great show. Yes, yes. I, I've only caught like clips of it, but it looks very funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure his training center is in that same town. But yeah, shout out to Justin Glory, the Backbreakers Training School, and uh, shout out to the office. Yes. But uh, but yeah. So, anyways, that show, two thousand people, um, and that was an incredible feeling. Um, you know, that's uh, you know, I I I don't have any experience that can compare to that, um, and so I can't imagine. You know, seventy-seven thousand people. <laughs> um, what that must feel like uh, to to wrestle in front of that many people, and you know, I, I honestly I can't even imagine. I'm thinking about uh, some recent smaller shows I've been to, and when I say smaller, I still mean huge, uh, like um, Ring of Honor when we went to Ring of Honor in Texas. That was such a big venue. And there were maybe like 3,000 people there, maybe. Okay, wow. But, Could you uh, hear the crowd uh, when you were you 2,000? Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, um, okay. I was very in tune to uh, there being an audience there and just the whole deal. Um, and that's, Intimidating? Um, it wasn't, actually. Uh, for me... That, that was like probably one of my best performances as a wrestler. Okay. And I think it, I, I think I'm meant to perform in front of big crowds. Um, I, I think uh, for me that really gets me jazzed up and really gets me ready to go. Okay. Um, it, it's funny. I, I often think about my uh, actually I don't often think about it in this perspective. I'm just now thinking about it in this perspective but I'm thinking about various tryouts I've had. Yep. And the trials, there's no crowd. Uh, you know, it's just whatever wrestlers are there trying out, watching. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I need to try out in front of like an actual audience. I'm like with a big crowd, and they'll be like, oh, this is what this guy can do. Okay. All right, all right. It was this the same promotion you see that only runs like hand times, uh, hand time out of the year, like five times uh, out, you know, the year? Is that that promotion in New York you're talking about? Different promotion, but same concept. Um, oh, okay. They're both Christian wrestling companies. It's actually funny, the, the one that you're referring to that only runs a handful of times a year, right. uh, Full Faith Wrestling, the promoter of that company was a fan in the crowd at that show. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, All connected. Yes, yep. <laughs> so, pretty crazy. And uh, so he got to watch me wrestle as a fan, and then he'd later book me uh, to wrestle on his show, <laughs> such a such a wild world, right? Okay, all right. Speaking of uh, shows, when's your next uh, next time you're in the ring? 
May 27th. Uh, it's a nice. Friday. Nice. Uh, so two weeks. All right. For uh, NCW. And uh, you know what? I will make it my homework assignment between now and next week's episode to uh, find out what I'm doing on that show. How's the condition so far? Um, I honestly, I don't know. Because uh, I've been out of the ring since March. Right. And ring conditioning is just such a different thing. Right. Um, funny, yesterday I went for a hike. Right. Uh, did a six-mile hike on this nature trail. Yep. And um, there were a couple points where I was out of breath. Um, had to do, like, some sprints uphill and some things like that just to yep. get through. Um, so that kind of had me like, ooh, how am I going to be in the ring? But we'll see. Uh, what I've got to do is, and I still haven't <laughs> um, quite figured out the deal with uh, some of the other companies that we've talked about. Um, yeah. but, but ultimately what I've got to do, I've got to figure out uh, how to get some more shows in, uh, work for some more places to, to get my conditioning up. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my shoot job, my day job, the, I, I work nights, so I'm not able to go to any wrestling schools to, to go train. Yeah. Um, get my conditioning there. Um, I have been thinking about getting back into Krav Maga, though. And uh, if I do that a couple times a week, I think that'll kind of help. Yeah. Okay. But we'll see. How's the knee? Knee is great. Okay. Um, knee is doing great. I've been uh, doing this uh, work. Shout out to uh, Coach Chandler Marchman. Um, he's got a uh, YouTube channel and uh, he's got a series of ebooks. And uh, I bought a few of his ebooks. And uh, he he uh, used to be a trainer for one of the colleges in Florida. I, I don't remember which one now, but uh, but he's got all these techniques and things on like strengthening your body for football. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've liberally borrowed his techniques and used them for myself because I'm like, well, yeah, it's not exactly the same sport, but it's similar uh, needs, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I've got to say, using his stuff, especially his uh, flexibility work that I've been doing, um, it's, it's been great. Uh, I go through a whole series of uh, exercises every morning where I'm like stepping over things laterally, horizontally, forward, backwards, um, doing a series of lunges, and uh, rolls and just different things to, to get the body loose and limber. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been all been good stuff. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we are uh, we are building a uh, killing machine. I uh, you know I uh, when we, when we first started, uh, what I, what I am deeming the comeback, uh, <laughs> it, it felt like Rocky uh, Balboa, um, the, the uh, Rocky Six movie. Where it's like, oh man, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> you know? But uh, but at this point now, everything's starting to feel good, um, feel functional. So uh, yeah, we are we are building the ultimate killing machine, and uh, my goal is by August. Yeah, I'm shooting for August, but uh, to to have the best package as a wrestler that I've ever had. Um, from a look perspective, from a wrestling perspective, from a uh, uh, speaking perspective, just all of it, just putting it all together. I am, uh, as JC told me, he said, I'm reaching my final form. Are you um, looking to get back into any schools? 
um, just unfortunately due to my work schedule, yeah, uh, that that won't be an option. But, oh, okay. uh, but I'm definitely looking to to wrestle for some awesome big companies. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Definitely. Uh, you know, keep an eye on that. And, uh, Absolutely. Coming horizon. All right. So 27th, uh, NCW. I, I take it. Yes, sir. Uh, what town? Uh, that'll be in Dedham, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, still no opponent. Um, that I know of. There may be one. Right, right, right. I've been off social media and I haven't checked in with JC, but I, I will check in this week and uh, I'll talk about that next week. And uh, you have a ring, ring, ring time, bell time? Uh, 7.30 p.m. bell time. Uh, I want to say 6.30 p.m. doors. Okay. All right. Um, so right now you're basically exclusive to NCW. Uh, more or less, I yeah. am doing a show in June uh, for Sonny Roselli. Um, it is a uh, charity show for the uh, high school baseball team. Nice. Yes. Is this in yep. Maine? Yeah, up in Maine. Nice. So uh, that should be uh, fun. Yeah. Um, the opponent yet to be determined. I've been given two names, um, both from uh, Limitless Wrestling. Nice. Um, so, uh, you know, whichever guy it is, I'm sure he will be uh, top notch. Is Moment going to be on the bill? Um, 50 50. Uh, okay. He's supposed to be on the bill. So he's coming out, uh, hopefully, come out of retirement? Yes. Yep. Uh, he's hopefully going to come out of retirement. The, um, but yeah, he's supposed to be on the bill. He's, uh, you know, he's supposed to be the main event, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to he- hearing more about that. Absolutely. And that's just a few weeks away. That's uh, June 4th. Yeah. So that'll be right around the corner. Yeah, because today is the 15th. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. It's going to come up real quick. It is. It is. Things go quickly. It's wild. Right? <clears throat> it's funny. This past Friday was the 13th. Yes. And, and uh, it hopefully nothing like, oh, happened. Yeah. No. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. But, uh, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Um, trying to think of anything else. Uh, you watch any wrestling this week aside from NWA Power? I caught an episode of NXT. Um, How was it? So far, pretty good. It's weird in it since Diamond Mine is pretty much uh, all she wrote. Uh, there was no Creed Brothers. Uh, but now they're doing vignettes with the um, I'm getting her name, but they're like uh, Lady oh, the of the Group. Yes, uh, they're doing like uh, promos of uh, her, you know, showing her strength and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, they're continuing Gacy and um, Braun Breaker's uh, feud. Oh, um, but with no so, uh, Harlan. No, no Harlan. Okay, so it's just it's, it's exclusive Gacy and. Uh, uh, Breaker, uh, Gacy is like like a like a like a like a cult leader type of character that you're doing. Uh, it still looks okay. like a uh, all guy and waiter to me. But <laughs> hey, oh, is he is he part of the Henning family? No, he is not. He looks like one of them. That's so funny. Was, um, what, what was um old boy that was uh not not too long ago with Vincent Curtis Ruffin? Axel? Yeah, it looks like he's related to him. That's so funny. I can see that a little bit. 
But uh, yeah, they continue it. Then he kidnapped Braun Breaker on some like. You remember when they uh, the four horsemen like uh, what was it? Kidnapped Dusty Rose and like whooped them when they threw him out of a car and like oh, the parking lot. Yeah, 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 it was like almost similar to like this. It was like him and his druids kidnapped Breaker, drove to like some abandoned area to like beat him up type of style. Interesting. Um, what else? Uh, how's my girl Nikita Lyons doing? Yeah, so they I, they have the women's tournament, so she's uh she's 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 something uh, <laughs> very athletic. I didn't okay. she, very, for her size. Okay, the lioness. Okay. Um, the lioness. Yeah. So is she, funny. Is she from uh, the Indies? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I I think if I understand correctly, she's a like a pop singer from another country. Really? Yes, and has oh. some kind of martial arts background. That makes sense. Her kicks are crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I honestly haven't seen uh, much of her work, but I've heard a lot about her. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely check her out. Okay. Yeah, the internet wrestling community. Um, they they seem to be very split on her. But uh, in what regards? Uh, either lover or hater. Okay. Um. Okay. And those that love her don't seem to love her for her wrestling ability. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> Or, I mean, you know. So I'm, just, so I'm curious about it. I, I do have to check her out sometimes. Females wrestling does come with a certain added, I guess you could say, either enhancement or stigma. You know, if you're a female performer, you always have that hovering over you. I mean, here's the thing, though. The male wrestlers do, too. Just no one talks about it. Right, because it's so male-oriented viewing. Yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, guys are out there wrestling basically in their underwear, like pretty much not, yeah. not to improve performance. <laughs> oh, I mean, I well, sort of because if you're out wrestling in like long jeans, you could be overheating yourselves. Well, yeah, but I mean, we could be wrestling in singlets like they do in wrestling wrestling, right? But yeah, <clears throat> but no, they, they you know, but you, even then, they'll probably like they'll still, even if you're wrestling singlets, you'll still be uh, it was. Still be objectified. Oh, it definitely would. So, like, so it's not it's like singlets aren't like the most baggiest material. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Very so, true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Uh, I guess a quick segue. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm halfway through. I've been watching on Hulu. Uh, it's a documentary on uh, China. Unfortunately, her like later years. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, ultimately, ultimately leading up to her passing. But like they were, you know saying in the beginning of it how like you know women in wrestling were mostly you know for eye candy you know as valets you know how she was groundbreaking in regards to sort of breaking that wall down I'm with you even though later she still was under that umbrella because she you know did Playboy you know and you know they sort of marketed her for her you know appearances you know not just her like bodybuilding appearance but like you know as a female you know yes Yep, absolutely. So, Her feminine wiles. Right. But that even then when I was when I saw China's performer, I didn't really like to me she was more fifty fifty because all oh, because she was so heavily like built. So I, I guess maybe that's why too. I feel you. No, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like I, yeah. I think uh I loved when China first came in and she was like ragdolling like uh Marlena. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's like, oh wow, like because you know, the girls couldn't get touched. And, but now you've got another girl that can touch, and like not only can she touch, but she's throwing her around, you know? Right, right. And, and, I, like, and wow, it's impressive. 
Yeah, and I always like the fact that, like, I mean, they trying with Becky Lynch as the man, like, you know, and, like, but China legit, well, I wouldn't say legit, but, like, if you had the appearance of, all right, you got to do intergender matches and you had, you know, China against so-and-so, I'd be like, all right, there could be a slight possibility that she can win this. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. With today, with, like, if you put, like, I guess the closest I can think of maybe Charlotte, but even even then, there's no comparison between the two as far as like who I think should go over if they had like an intergender match with somebody else. I mean, I think it depends. Um, if you have Charlotte and Drew Gulak, I've got uh-huh. no problem with Charlotte going over. Okay. Um, even though I love him, if you've got Charlotte and uh, uh, now I can't even think of his name. This is horrible. Um, the Japanese guy. He used to be in Titus Worldwide. Um, Used to be in Titus Worldwide. Yeah, now he, he fights for the twenty four seven title all the time. Oh, um, Takawa. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, feel the power. But um, see, that's the but, thing. Like that, I, I guess the the thing with China, she didn't have to go against like if this was an ad to her, like Scotty Too Hardy or uh, <laughs> um, uh, like one of those like low card guys. She was yeah, able you can to put like, China against. Yeah, I mean, you could have China against Jericho and be like, ooh, maybe China might Exactly, get exactly. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Between, like, Charlotte, you can't have her go against, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a higher, because I, I was going to say Roman Reigns, but nobody, no male can nobody. go against Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, that's a um, But, like... Uh, Seth Rollins, even. Seth Rollins or AJ Styles. You know what I'm saying? That's when yeah. it look right. No, you're right. You're right. So, but if you had China against either one, like, she... Probably bigger than I'm, I was just gonna one, say, yeah. either one of those dudes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know there was that big. Dip. Did you tell me that? Uh, that's why um, Jared walked out because he was supposed to drop the title of China, and he wanted like five hundred thousand dollars from Vince or something like that. Yes, yep. And uh, Jared claims it's money he was owed, anyways. Right, right, right. But, but uh, do you think he just didn't want to go over against go? Uh, not go over, but have China go over him? Possibly. I mean, okay. especially at that time, who's losing to a girl, you know? Yeah, but she was more over. She, she definitely was. Than no than, than, than Jared. No question. Jared's but, one of those weird offside segue that yeah, it was over pushed, but like, he really, like, I don't know. Like, he always, always, always felt over pushed to me, but like, never really got like any love or anything like that from like the general wrestling. <laughs> I feel you. Jarrett's a funny one. I've always enjoyed Jarrett uh-huh. uh, from my first time seeing him, which was on WWF Superstars. Yeah, when he had, when he had Road Dog as his Brody, I liked that incarnation of Jeff Jeff. And then after that, so J E double yeah J E double R E double T. Yeah, that whole slap nuts thing that was I was beyond corny for me. I couldn't. I, I like the slap nuts thing too. Even I was okay. like, all right, like he's, you know, it, it fit his personality to me. I'm like, he seems like a guy that would call people slap nuts and hit them with a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> but that was just he was just that was he was just taking it from honky tonk. I mean, yeah, his own little version of it, but basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, he Jared just seemed like one of those guys that like everybody knows who he is, but like, you know, he got pushed to the moon, but he, he just really wasn't necessary, you know? Yeah, I mean, Jarrett, uh, no one's putting Jarrett in their top 10, you know? Probably not even top 20. 
Probably not. Probably not. Unless you're from, from unless you're from the Memphis territory. Yeah. Days. <laughs> yes. But but yeah, think, outside of that. But I mean, to, to his, you know, he did have the personality. It's just I think his size and the, just like just worked against him. Yeah, uh, probably a few things worked against him. I, I think Jarrett was probably he was probably a solid upper mid carder. Yep. But he was pushed as a solid upper carder. Right. Um, and it was uh and I think that's where it kind of backfired. Yeah, because I think because during territory days he was like in the Memphis area. Him and Lala were like the, the A one A and one B. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? And Jarrett then- was younger and better looking. Exactly, and when that doesn't transfer though to when you're coming up north to New York, for sure. You know, no, you're absolutely right. What New York ain't got love for Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> but it's funny though. Uh, but well, Lala seemed to thrive, you know, up in you know Vince's territory, relatively, you know. Well, I mean, again, though they were pushed differently. Lawler was never even intercontinental champion. I don't think. Now, but Law was funny because he was so he was so because when he was feuding with the Hart family, but he was still doing like commentating at, at the same time. Like it was weird. Yeah. Like it was like was he a full time wrestler or a full time commentator? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that, maybe that's, that's, that's how that it helped him propel. I guess for sure, for sure. You know, uh, with he, Jared. Well, how was Jared in the TNA day? Were you a fan during that time too? I was not. Well, he basically uh, gave himself like world title, like longest. That, yeah, that was the thing. Like Jared is king of the mountain. When you had so much other talent there, yes, like it, it just didn't work. Uh, yeah, I it, think it, you know it could have worked for like a year, yep. and then you use that to propel like some other talent. Yep. But but yeah, no, it was just too long of king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the whole debacle this, with him and Angle's wife. Yeah, that was yeah, that was weird because that became a, a work shoot. Yeah, similar like uh, Benoit and, and Kevin Sullivan. Similar but opposite. Why both guys lost their woman? Yes, to the other wrestler. With Benoit and Sullivan, it started as an on-screen angle. Right. And with uh, Angle and Jarrett, it was off screen and then went on screen. Oh, okay, okay, all right. But none, none, none the least. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There was just a little tangent. But no. But going back to the China, <laughs> so far half, halfway through. Uh, so far, so you know, so good. Uh, so I, I, I like to know how the second half uh, next week, how it is. But definitely okay. check it. You, you, you have Hulu? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely check that out. Okay, yeah, cool. cool. So you pick you know. up like after her wrestling career, basically. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Got you. You know, it basically, you know, shows the darkest side of uh, you know the wrestling business. Yeah. You know. Uh, and so far, it's been having interviews with Kevin Nash and Mick Foley on it. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, they I, they definitely didn't get uh, Triple H on it. Because probably <laughs> would paint him in a, the greatest light. Oh, I can imagine. So, yeah. That's such so. a tough one. Like, I, I try to put myself in Triple H's shoes there. Yep. And it's like, from everything I've heard and read, like, Triple H was never great with ladies. Okay. 
And then, you know, he meets China, like, through Kowalski's and everything, and they... Yeah, which I didn't know. At the beginning, they showed... Yeah, I didn't know she went through uh, Walter's uh, school. Yes, yep. Ah. And uh, so they hit it off there, and, like, they both had a love for wrestling and bodybuilding, and so it's like, oh, like, this makes sense for a relationship. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you get to the WWF, the big time, like... Well, no, it sounds like they weren't... uh, With this documentary, it sounded like she didn't hook up to uh getting connect get connect with triple h so he was way established and she was still in the indies uh trying to you know do something so from what i understand of it they met at kowalski's okay and then yeah he went off to wcw and he then he went to wwf like she was still making her way yeah the way they have this is oh they this first they, she she got in contact with sean who got you know who was talking to Triple H, and then that's how she became, you know, into the valet role initially. Interesting, and that that sounds weird to me because I'm like, why would she get in touch with Sean when she's coming from Kowalski's? Which at that time, especially yep. Kowalski, yeah. literally had a direct line to Vince. That's what I'm. That's hey, that's what they. That's what how they. Show, that's what show they it, say. So. Yeah. All good. All good. But it, regardless, you know. They, they start their relationship in WWE. That Both sides agree on that. Right. Um, and, and it's like, but then, you know, Triple H, as he's making his way up and he's learning about the politics of everything, he, right. he gets a, ch- a chance with, with prime young Stephanie McMahon, the boss's daughter. Yeah. Like, wow, how, that, that's such a tough, like, I, I, I'm like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, uh, because this is your wrestling career, and also too, if like Stephanie seemed into him, yeah, like rejecting her advances could also be bad for your career. Yeah, uh, like I, I've I've often thought about that because I'm like that's such a tough one. Like any if it's any other woman like there, it's like oh Triple H, like come on, dude, what's wrong with you? Like you know yep. you gotta do the right thing. Yeah, but it's like oh this is the boss's daughter, so especially if she's coming on to you. Yeah. You you turn that down. What what does that mean for your career? Yeah. I don't know. Uh sounds like yeah, you're t- stuck between a rock and a hot place. Yeah, yep, you know. And sh- in my opinion, young Stephanie McMahon was hot. So I'm like, "Oh, you've got to d- deal with that too." Ah, <laughs> uh, gee. It is it is a little crazy though how like for the longest now it seems like uh before she got inducted China was getting the macho man treatment after, you know, said and done like almost written out of WWE, you know, lore and history. Yeah, right? So she got, you know, inducted uh, to the Hall of Fame. Which, uh, I'm so curious what turned the tides on that. I don't know. Maybe Vince is getting up to an age where he's like, all right, all bygones, you know, old beefs, uh, all, you know, all done. Maybe. Or maybe they thought but, it'd be good PR. It's like, well, she's already passed. She can't do any further damage. We will induct her. But, like, it was so under... It was, like, swept under the rug. Like, it, did it get a lot of publicity? Not mainstream publicity, no. Yeah. But, I mean, again, because, yeah, she had already passed and everything else. But within the wrestling community... Yeah. It, you know, it got a lot of publicity there. And it was like, oh, good for them. For doing did, right. did they give her, like, any, like, in the memory, memorial pack, video packages? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. For her Hall of Fame induction, they did, like, a nice video package and okay. all that stuff. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was odd why they were, like, so 
you know, hands off of her, like, for the longest. Well, I mean, very controversial and puts Triple H and Stephanie in a bad light. How so? Because Triple H left her for Stephanie and that whole ordeal, and Stephanie's basically messing around with another woman's man. Oh, okay. But, I mean, in wrestling, is that really that taboo? Um, in wrestling, amongst the wrestlers, yeah. no. But to the general audience, you know, yes. Really? Do you think oh, the yeah. mainstream audience was really attached to, you know, Triple H and China's relationship at the time? At the time, no. But as internet came around and everything else, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say, are there any wrestlers left that's on Vince's, uh, no, no, we don't acknowledge, you know, like they got leprosy list? Hmm. I'm like, there must be. Is Luger, has he been inducted yet? Was Luger inducted? I don't think he was. So, uh, all right. So they haven't touched. I mean, he, he didn't leave badly, right? Luger left really badly. Really? Compared to, um, like, Cause other Luger, Yeah, because Luger was the one that, uh, he let his contract run out. Okay. And so then he was on the taped Monday Night Raw and on Nitro at the same time, I think. Oh, okay. Him and Rick Rude both, I think, had that happen. Oh, yeah, Rick Rude, he hasn't been inducted, right? Rick Rude was inducted. Oh, he was? Yes, because I remember his son son inducted him, and I was like, oh, wow, he's a tall guy, like like that. Does he look like like he had any... Um, Not in the face. Oh, okay. But in the body, I was like, yeah, but it's like you could tell he doesn't have personality. <laughs> Hysterical. But, um, okay, so if Rue got in, so what's holding uh, Luger back? I don't know. And uh, Luger's been a name. Yeah, right? Luger probably, you know, he's got his own controversies, although Luger now is a born-again Christian. And yeah, and he's had mental issues. Like, he's like, you know, not obviously the same size he used to be. For sure. Um, I remember Luger was trying to get a job with them back when uh, they first implemented the wellness policy. Okay. And uh, he was trying to get a job because he was like, oh, I can show these guys how to do it without steroids. Okay. And uh, they didn't hire him. So, all right. So, Luger sounds like uh, one one of them that's on uh, Vince's no-no list, which is so odd. Uh, Anyone else can you think of that should be in the Hall of Fame? Hmm. Off the top of my head, and also as I'm thinking about it, Luger might be on that list because Vince put a lot of money into Luger and the Lex Express and all that stuff. And <laughs> right. Really, we saw where that went. But if rumor and the innuendo, you know, the whole Macho Man Stephanie thing, and still inducted Macho Man, like you would think that'd be even worse than putting money into Lex Express. The only thing, because I, I don't disagree with you, mm-hmm. but the one thing I would say is that Stephanie later was like, "Dad, like I was all over him. Like, what was I? What was he supposed to do?" Okay, okay. That would all be right. the only thing I would think that would make that okay. Like, because okay. if it's like Macho Man like approached her and was like, "Hey, Stephanie, uh, yeah, you're looking good, yeah. seventeen, baby." Yeah. Uh, I don't know why Macho Man became dusty for a second, but. Uh, but yeah, you know. But it, but if instead of the other way around, it's a young, hot Stephanie McMahon at seventeen, and she's like, "Oh my God, Macho Man Randy Savage, 
like blah 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 blah. Yeah. And if what Rip Rogers told me was true, because um, when I was at OVW, Rip Rogers talked about Macho Man saying that Macho Man was a guy who was never good with girls. And actually, yeah. as I think about it, Scott Hall has talked about that in, in interviews and in shoot interviews, yeah. saying he's like Macho Man didn't realize how cool he actually was and like how many people liked him. Yeah. Um, but instead, he was like paranoid and was like ah blah blah blah. Um, so um so i could see if macho man's like man like girls aren't into me and like blah blah, blah. and then all of a sudden you've got you know young hot stephanie mcmahon like oh my god you're the macho man and blah 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 yeah. and things things aren't good with elizabeth at the time like i don't know i, I get it <laughs> okay all right um all right well yeah i couldn't think of any other so just basically lex luga needs to get the hopefully he'll get in there before he's like prosperous like <laughs> inducting Cause that was the unfortunate situation with Vader. I know while he was still with us, he was asking to get in before you know his time ran out. Uh, unfortunately, yes. get in until after the fact, which sort of sucked. Right. Yeah. You know, so you know, hopefully Luga won't get that same type type treatment. Hopefully. Especially with guys now, like it been like put in like three or four times, like Flair or like you know, uh, I think like what Triple H is with DX and by I don't know, not by himself, but. There's been a couple of multiple Hall of Famers. For sure. Um, so, has Shiki Baby been put in yet? Yes. Yes, he was. Right. That's good. At least he got his flowers. Um, <laughs> right. Bob Backlund? Oh, yeah. Backlund, for sure. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, um, uh, Superfly? Yeah. No, not, not, well, Snooker, yes. But no, uh, um, Graham. Oh, superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, Billy Graham. I, said, I was thinking Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Billy Graham. I'm <laughs> like very different people, right? Um, but yes, uh, I'm pretty sure superstars in there. Okay. Okay. Um, do you know any other wrestlers that hasn't been in yet? That should be. Hmm. Let's see, wrestlers that should be but aren't yet. Yeah. Did the guy give a? You have to think of a class now. It seems like they could probably go into add two guys next era for as far as upcoming uh, classes. Yeah, with Taker just going in and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, it's such a tough one. The WWE Hall of Fame is tough to judge because I'm like, it's WWE's Hall of Fame, right? Um, so it's like. Uh, you know, do you count? But I'm like, yeah. So do you count old school guys that didn't really wrestle for WWE? And there are some in there. Great Buddha's in there. Um, you know, there's some other names like that. And yeah. Because like, um, when you start thinking of those names, it makes it harder. But uh, just for WWE guys, for the sake of ease, I'm like, oh, who in WWE? And at this point, I'm thinking late 80s, early 90s. Um, that hasn't been inducted yet. That should have been. Who would never be inducted? Into it, you think? Ludwig Borga. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, Benoit. Yeah, obviously, Benoit. Um, oh, oh, wait. Eddie Guerrero was inducted, right? Right. And, uh, hmm. <sighs> Yokozuna's been inducted. Yep. I feel like they've done like the big names from the early '90s. Um, I think it gets harder once you start getting into the 2000s. 
Right. Because there were so many quote unquote big names, even though they're not as big as the legends from the time period previous. Right. But I mean, the Hardys, the Dudleys, the Edge and Christian. Well, Edge and Christian are both in. Actually, right. are the Dudleys in? I think the Dudleys are in too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, a majority of the Attitude slash Ruthless Aggression guys are definitely in. Um, who do you think we're going first? Uh, Cena or The Rock? The Rock. Okay. And then Cena probably like a couple years later? I would think so. You think they would do them at the same time? No, those are two big names. Egos are too too big? Egos are too big, and it's too, like, either one of those names by themselves sells out the arena. So it would be it would that? be crazy if you know you know they were on that humble pie tip and both was like yeah we'll do it at the same time, right? <clears throat> they think of like have Vin, the, the have ratings Vin and the marketing. What's that? Have been Diesel and Duck them both? Hysterical. <laughs> For family. Uh, hysterical. Um, has Tatanka been uh, uh, inducted? I don't think so. That's not a bad one, though. Yeah. yeah. He had that undefeated streak. Yeah, he was the original Goldberg. Right? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, like, any from the, like, um, Viscera Mabel? No, I would not induct him. Okay. I mean, he, he, ha- he, he had longevity in both eras. Was he but, the first king of the ring? He wasn't the first king of the ring, but he oh, was okay. a king of the ring. Oh, okay. Who was the first? Uh, first one, was it Harley Race? Nah, they didn't have the king of the ring pay-per-view back then. Uh, they didn't have pay-per-view, but they had king of the ring. Think of you had King Harley Race, King Haku, uh, Macho King, King Hacksaw. Yeah, but those weren't king of the ring tournaments though, right? I think they were. I think that's how they became king. They just didn't have it on pay-per-view. Oh, I thought that was, like, new when they did, what was it, 97 King of the Ring pay-per-view? Yeah, I think that was the first time they actually did it on pay-per-view. But, like, yeah, I think they had King of the Ring tournaments before that, I think. You know, unless that's, like, the uh, tournament Pat Patterson won the Intercontinental Championship. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right, all right. Um, But no, no. That's a possibility, too. No, he's been inducted. No, Pat Patterson. Yeah, no, I'm saying, uh, you know, you know that story, right? About the uh, tournament for the first ever Intercontinental Championship. Nope. Oh, okay. So uh, Pat Patterson, first ever WWF Intercontinental Champion. Okay. Um, he won it at a tournament in Rio de, de Janeiro, Brazil. Yep. That never actually happened. Hysterical. Yeah, so they just like announced it, like uh, you know, Pat Patterson shows up with the belt, and they're like, "Yeah, he won this at a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil." But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, this is back in the late '70s when you can get away with that because yeah. what does anybody know any different? Like Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, might as well have been a whole other planet back then. Right. Right. Um. So so yeah, I'm like so maybe the King of the Ring tournaments were like that, like where. Yeah, they didn't actually happen. It was just like, oh yeah, no, there was this thing. But I thought that there there were tournaments back then, and that's how you had these other kings. Okay. Okay. All right. Then I know that uh, you just taught me something, and hopefully the the audience as well. But all right. Well, uh, 
good to know. So uh, let's say before we wrap up, you have your uh, motto on the water jug. Yes, I do. Um, it's actually funny. We uh, so yesterday I didn't finish all my water. Yep. So we've still got yesterday's water bottle, okay. uh, which says positive things are happening. Okay. And then we've got today's water bottle, which I just broke into, uh, which, oh my gosh, it's in the other room. Hold on. Yep. I got to go in the other room anyways, because that's where the bell is. All right. <laughs> so, so today's water bottle oh, has the message on it. Believe in yourself and anything is possible. Okay. All right. I can dig that. Yes. And uh, so all our listeners out there, keep that in mind as you're going into your week uh, this week and uh, into your week, your month, your year, your life. Yeah. Believe in yourself and anything, anything is possible. Okay. All right. Uh... Like my main man, Kevin Garnett says, anything is possible. Can you believe that was like, Oh, was it 2008 they won that? Wow, is that that long ago? Yeah, over uh, 13 years. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting old, man. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Um, so I guess uh, on this nice, toasty Sunday, if you want to take us out. Yes, sir. Good words. Uh, as we say, every week, you could be anywhere in the world. Germany, Virginia, anywhere. Um, but you're here, you're listening to us. We appreciate that. We love y'all. Hope you guys have a great week. Um, take the positivity with you. Remember, believe in yourself and anything is possible. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will take it out. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs>